so you had a you had an idea, uh, and I had an idea. Uh huh. And then uh, it came together, and uh, we had like a get together with some friends last night, and we watched probably the best fucking film I've seen all year. It's, it's probably the best best <laughs> horror film. <laughs> to come out in quite some time. Oh yeah, I, I wholly agree. And of course, um, my new top favorite Nicolas Cage performance ever. So that kind of it spoils is... things right there. Yeah. Um, Man, what the fuck are we talking about today? Uh, Mandy. Mandy. What a title too. Yeah. Uh, which uh, it's it's named after one of the main characters in the film, played which... by Andrea uh, Riseborough. 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 Yeah, and uh, she plays um, the girlfriend of Nicolas Cage in the film. A heavy responsibility, to be sure. <laughs> yeah, no fucking shit. Uh, Nicolas Cage's character is known as Red Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you had Mandy Bloom. And uh, they live in, like, a nice, quiet, like, lakefront cabin house. Like, it's a beautiful house. It really is, yeah, away from everyone. The year is 1983, if I remember correctly. Which the dope-ass title card will let you know. Yeah, dude, like, there were so many wonderful things about this movie. Um, like, uh, Brent had brought this up, but to you guys... We just wanted to let you know we're not going to be going super in-depth on the synopsis or the plot of Mandy because it is fairly new. Um, Again, we never really want to spoil a movie for you. We want to uh, make you more interested and want to see it. Which um, brings us to this episode. How do we talk about this film without spoiling it, but also taking up about a half hour or so at time, and to get you uh, interested in it, and like tell you why it is good? Yeah, I mean, like uh, I, I would assume that we have quite a bit that we enjoyed about the film that we can talk about without actually going too in-depth in, in some of the scenes, and uh, still remain fresh and entertaining for our listeners. I got a Sorry. few things in mind. Uh, you'll have to forgive me for that awful voice. Um, but yeah, so like Red Miller and uh, Mandy Bloom live in a beautiful lakefront house on a, none other than Crystal Lake. Yeah, not and, uh, the Crystal Lake, I guess. Yeah, not the Crystal Lake, but still nope. fun. Yeah. Um, other people that we had in the uh, cast, for instance, we had Linus Roche, who plays Jeremiah Sand, um, and he is essentially the head of a religious sect. Called which you'll Children of the New Dawn. Yeah, which is believable. Yeah. It's super believable. And it's, um, it's just this yeah, like hippie commune, like Manson cult practically. Yeah, yeah, except like it's not as groovy at all. It is <laughs> not at all groovy. <laughs> it's not at all groovy. Um yeah, he's he's very good at being creepy. He did really good in that movie too. He in, did a, in a movie fantastic. where you're acting alongside Nick Cage at yeah. like full blast, he mm-hmm. does a great job. And, you know, like the the non like the kind of nonsensical thing to me is like you know this is a this is a very different role for Linus. Like he played as uh, Thomas Wayne, which was you know fucking super short in uh, Batman Begins, uh, the Chronicles of Riddick. He had a small part in uh, that fucking show Homeland that everyone keeps ranting and raving about on Showtime. And then um, the only one that I recognize him from was uh, Vikings, where he played as King Eckbert, who okay. uh, he gets fucked. <laughs> but uh, but he does a spectacular fucking job, and um, that I think that everybody's performances in this film were elevated to such a phenomenal plane because, like we always talk about this, or we have talked about it for several episodes now, uh, that marriage 
of uh, audio and visual. Yeah, keep paying attention. That's a that's a that's gonna be a reoccurring theme here. Yeah. On this on this uh, particular channel. Oh yeah, and um, dude, yeah. Oh man, I'm like trying so hard not to lose my shit. I was talking about how we were gonna do this episode uh, yesterday, and I honestly was like. Dude, I might have to step out of the room and just scream for a while because I so fucking enjoyed this. I was, I was kind of like, I want to watch it with you, but I was like, should we do it on the day that we record so mm -hmm. we just come in like still high off of it? Right. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and high is not high. much of a not much yeah. of a uh, exaggeration. This is a this is a very uh, psychedelic film. Oh, incredibly! And so, like with with the effects that they use, everything, man, it's it's so great. I think the the my favorite way that I was able to give someone a brief summary about it without ruining it in one sentence was just, it is everything you love about '80s horror brought to the modern age. Everything that we learned about yeah, cinematography like, in the modern age. It does, like, a movie that takes place in the 80s without being like, hey, remember this? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, we were cracking jokes, like, yeah. get in my DeLorean. Yeah, why don't you hop in my DeLorean, and we'll head down to the arcade. And play penny games. Remember the arcade? Super Street Fighter Two Turbo just came out, friend. I just bought E.T. on VHS. And on my Atari 2600. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, um... It's, it's fantastic because you know you're watching a, a good period film when um, they can essentially show you the environment and the characters and show how they talk and look, and you can just be like, it's the 80s. Yeah. Like, they don't have to be driving DeLoreans and talking about all that fucking bullshit vernacular and everyone's on longboards with short shorts. Um no, it's it's really fan fucking tastic. The color scheme, the setup. There's like that kind of like low creepy ambiance in the background the whole time, uh -huh. and it just kind of remains there, like just haunting. And it's it's uh, split up very well. You know, you have uh, it's a two hour long film, which is not very. It's very atypical for a horror film yeah. to be two hours, and um, you know, very like. Much towards the end, I was then remembering, holy shit, that's a two-hour film. Uh -huh. I don't feel like I've been sitting here for two hours. Like, I have loved every single fucking scene. Oh, yeah. Like, it's so... Like, I, I do have a favorite scene, but I'm not going to talk about it. Because it's just... It's great. It's really great. I'll, uh... I think I can talk about mine a little bit without giving away too much. Right? Uh, the bathroom scene. The bathroom scene. Um, Underpants bathroom scene. <laughs> it's a lot of vodka. It's it's if you ever doubted Nicolas Cage. Yeah, and his acting ability. <laughs> like, or just as a human. Yeah, just like watch him in this scene. I need that fucking shirt, by the way. Yeah, yeah. That he wears tiger a, yeah, face he wears a really cool like, shirt. Yeah, like baseball long sleeve tiger shirt. I need it. I need it, it it's so pretty hard. Cool. Um. Yeah, just, uh, this, nobody does, does scenes like that, like Nick Cage. No, no. Nobody. That's just it, is that, uh, you know, like, you had, uh, this, you know, young, young director who hasn't done too much, this, uh, Panos Cosmatos, or Cosmatos. I'm saying Cosmatos. Cosmatos. That sounds cool He sounds like a Final Fantasy boss. <laughs> My name is Panos Cosmatos. Anyway, uh... Like, he, he, this is his second film in eight years. Last one was in 2010, and that was, uh, 
beyond the black rainbow. I guess he did, like, camera work on, like, oh, like, Tombstone or something? Yep, yep. Uh, He funded all of uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow, his first film in 2010, from royalties from his dad's film, George. He did Tombstone. Okay. So he worked on his father's film uh, first. So, yeah, like, um, I... I hope he doesn't wait eight years to do another fucking film. Yeah. Because this is so fucking good. And, like, I'm pretty, like, we're not the first people to start talking about this movie. It's no. it's, it's kind of blowing up yeah. for people who have seen it. I haven't seen anybody step away from the movie and be like, meh, no. Yeah, the only thing that I, I, I would say is kind of hard for people is that you can't just, like, go to a movie theater and plan your night and yada yada. But at the same time, it's like, it's actually a lot easier to get your hands on because you can do it from your couch. It's video on demand. You can do it on Amazon Prime, YouTube even. There's a couple other places, but... Um, Though I would say, if you can and are able to... Go find see a, a fucking theater. Find a, find a goddamn screening and get, yeah. get your ass there. Um, if you do have epilepsy, there is one or two couple, scenes... Two or three scenes. ...that will fuck with you. There's a lot of uh, psychedelic things kind of going on, a lot of use of uh, crazy lighting effects... Uh, that are just absolutely fucking stupendous. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a good movie to look at. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, so, like, uh, I would say that probably your first hour of the film, you know, you have your setup, you're learning all the characters, and, like, it's getting, like, really, really uh, tense. You know, like, you're you're spending a lot of time with the antagonists of the story, mm-hmm. as well as Red and Mandy and seeing how wonderful life is on the lake. And, um things are just generally kind of trippy the whole time and uh the cult leader finds a fancy for red's uh girlfriend and then things kind of go to hell in a handbasket yeah it's kind of it's kind of where the problems start (laughs) yeah and like um you know so you have your escalation and everything like that like you do in any good horror movie and boy does it escalate oh man it's so great like it just doesn't let go um there there are uh what do i want to say it is somewhat like a creature feature, sort of. <laughs> How do you want to fucking explain that? The the, the black skulls? The black skulls. Uh, no, they're just like... Terrifying? Like biker Mad Max people, except they took like... like They look like Cenobites. Like Shin LSD. Yeah, <laughs> like, the real bad LSD. Like, yeah. And it just like fried their brains, and they're like... They fucking just became nuts. like monsters. Yeah, like so actually, like, like yeah, Cenobites. Yeah, they're just they're they're Cenobites. I mean, like one dude looks like he he's the Knight of Selkirk, like he's like covered in nine inch nails from head to toe. Uh-huh. And, uh, they're just they're really fucking metal. They're really fucking sweet and terrifying. And um, and you you uh, you call them by blowing into a fucking ocarina made of meteorite, apparently. Yeah, and like they just hear it from wherever the fuck <laughs> yeah. they are, and they just like show up. Uh, like again, like there's everything about this film is absolutely goddamn fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, like the just from like the creepy things to these like color schemes. Oh god! Like I, I mm. it's a good story about uh, a person who just gets irreparably broken. Yeah, and then <laughs> uh, instead of just like laying down shattered. Yeah. Like. Uh, our friend Tony, who was uh, who was fairly drunk, kept referencing uh, John Wick. I was like, "No, it's cooler than John Wick." I'm like, you don't bring that name in here, even though like John Wick. John Wick is pretty, is pretty good. John, John Wick's dope. John Wick's dope. It's a good movie, uh, but um, completely different from this. And uh, 
you know, after he has this breakdown and everything like that, he's like, I'm going to get armed to the fucking teeth. Yeah. I'm going to get revenge. Who knew he was, a, like, a blacksmith? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you don't know what he does. We don't know he's what he does. He's a lumberjack. Oh, okay, In yeah. the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I guess that, yeah. He's, like, sawing down a tree. and then, like, I guess what I mean, like, um, yeah, like why does he have... His history. Yeah, uh, he knows how to use a crossbow. Yeah. He, he's a blacksmith, apparently. Uh... Where did he get his fucking bulletproof armor that... He got it in the, uh... From, uh, Carruthers. No, he got it in the sex dungeon. Oh, the sex dungeon, of course, yes. Where everyone finds their bulletproof armor. Yeah. But, uh, You're yes. probably looking at your phone, not actually watching it. Oh, that's true. I'm pretty bad at that. Yeah, so, I mean, other other than, like, you know, going through sex dungeons <laughs> and then finding your armor and putting on a whole bunch of Nazi helmets, that didn't happen, but I really wish it did. <laughs> um... We don't know, like, his history. Because, like, he obviously knows how to use, like, a crossbow. Yeah, and then he made a fucking Dante's Inferno battle axe. Dude, it was so fucking sick! Like, you had, like, a spike on the back of it, you had a spike on the pommel. It's the most, like, metal-looking thing I've ever seen. I, yeah, like, everything about that movie, I was like, dude, I want his car, I want that axe up on my wall, I want that shirt. I want to hang out with Nicolas Cage and ask him what it was like. <laughs> but don't rip his shirt. You rip my shirt! You rip my shirt! You rip my shirt! You rip my shirt! Oh, that's so good. Just yeah, it's when you hear that, you'll be like, oh, that's 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 pretty cool that he said that. And um, yeah, like okay, so there is a point when he initially finds these black skulls, and this entire like fifteen minute segment is. Probably like one of the most cathartic moments. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's that leads into like you know my favorite scenes of it, the movie, right? Because it's like, like about an hour and fifteen minutes into the film, mm-hmm. it's split so well. It's that not to say it's not to say that the just, first half of the film isn't worth watching. It no, is. God, no, it's it, so good. It's it's really trippy. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's nice to see the characters living together. Yeah, um, kind of get an idea of Mandy's life. Um, She's pretty cool. She's your cool goth GF. She really is. She is, like, your perfect cool goth GF. She's, like, reading, like, uh, shit that Ronnie James Dio would probably end up, like, writing. Yeah. You know? And she draws, like, sick art. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, like, some cool-ass fucking, like, dream sequences here and there that are, like... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. They're, uh, eventually, Nick Cage dreams and, like, these fucking metal-ass, like... Like dark animations, yeah, like that are kind of in Mandy's uh, art style. Yeah, kind of uh, invade his dreamscape, and they're almost like uh, premonitions. Yeah, but they're like super fucking sick. There's again, not a bad thing about this movie. There's a not at all. Yeah, (laughs) like like I don't know if I want to say it's perfect, but it's perfect. Right, it's perfect. I would, I would literally just throw that out, but like. Throw that around willy nilly, but like <laughs> right, like it's it's aware. It's hard to find things to dislike about this film. Yeah, I can't find anything to dislike about this mm-hmm. film. Like, I love it. It's it's aware that it takes place in the eighties, and so and like aware of its heritage as far as you know eighties uh, horror goes. So you still have some of those elements, you know, like uh, just kind of like some of the goofy ass fucking jobber characters that are kind of around. Um, that pretty much exist to just get fucked. Yeah. But uh, you need them. Like, you need those guys. There's, like, the, you learn the way that you do you deal with the Black Skulls, blood for blood. Yeah. And uh, they knew that going into there, and they, they have a particular character that they sacrifice to them. 
that poor child. Yeah. Poor, poor tubby man. Fluffy haired child. But like even even like the side characters and stuff like that, like we're getting at here, like they're portrayed incredibly well by They all stand out. Yeah. Uh, Brother Swan, played by uh, Ned Dennehy. I recognized him from uh, um, Peaky Blinders. Okay. So he's he's been in Peaky Blinders the whole time. His name's uh, Charlie Strong in that show, and is pretty much just like a right-hand man uh, to Cillian <laughs> kind of, Murphy. That's kind of funny. He's a he's he's, right-hand man. He's, type, right he's hand. typecast fucking right-hand man. I'm the right-hand man. <laughs> and then um, we had uh, Olwen Foré. Foré? I'm not I'm not entirely sure, but she's been in mostly um, uh, foreign films. You should see. I don't know if you're looking through the credits list for Mandy. You should mm-hmm. check out the names of the Black Skulls. Oh yeah, I should. Because uh, I I caught a glimpse of the credits last time we watched it, and they're just pretty fucking gnarly names. Yes, uh, we had Scratch with a K. We had Scabs and Fuck Pig. Fuck Pig. That's the one I saw. Yep. Fuck Pig. Fuck. Pig. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> that's a that's a ministry reference for you guys uh, if you if you weren't paying attention, um, but like the the psychedelic scenes like when uh, they introduce LSD to one of the characters through an eyedropper into the eye and then things get like that whole scene oh, is like uh, that's that whole scene's a trip. You you you're pretty much high with this character. Yeah, like that <laughs> that was insane. It was literally like a POV scene. Getting to know the cult. And it's really disturbing. Yeah, while super fucked up, all the colors are distorted, things are moving in a strange way. It's really... The sound. Fucking good. Yeah, the sound. The pictures are, like, overlapping here and there. Um, yeah, a lot a lot of uh, talk from the crowd, uh, group of friends that we were with uh, watching the film, just like, can you imagine actually being fucked up and watching this? <laughs> like, I don't really think I need to be. I think they did the work for me. Yeah, like uh, we had we had some drinks and everything like that, but I was just like everything good. All the things we were consuming were pretty tame. <laughs> yeah, considering the fact that, dude, I want to know what the fuck that like weird the fucking jar. giant wasp thing. Oh yeah, the yeah. cherry on top. Yeah, the cherry on top. I want to know what the fuck that thing was, or yeah, what was in the jar that you used to pay the black schools to to take the things, to take the. Do the and like you see what happens when Nick Cage just samples it. Yeah. Just like so what the hell and just tastes it. And then he's just, like wow. <laughs> you see the nightmare dimension he gets thrust into. <laughs> and then you see when you first see the black skulls, you see them like straight up like chug a jar of it. Yeah, and um there's like a, a pretty sweet scene where someone's doing more cocaine than Tony Montana. Yeah. And uh, I believe that is fuck pig. I believe that that would have been fuck pig. Yep. Yeah. Just because uh, there's a certain um, there's uh, a attachment, attachment that fuck pig has that will set it, set him apart from the rest of them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that whole that whole taking on or uh, you know dealing with the black skulls, that whole fucking thing that uh, Red goes through. Uh-huh. It's probably my favorite part of the film, and like. <laughs> That's because I was at, like, motherfucking 15 out of 10 when I was watching yeah. that shit. I was, I was yelling. I was so fucking about that shit. I was so in it. Like, uh, it's gonna... I'm probably gonna watch this again next week. Yeah. You know? Just because, like, I've got work coming up on the weekend. It's a two-hour film. So you, need, you do need to set away some time. But, uh... 
if you were but yeah, like just put down your phone yeah like yeah close out any outside distractions mm-hmm and just like sit and just watch it again. Just take it all again in. Again and again. Um, Turn the volume way the fuck up. Something that, yeah, that was another nice thing that I enjoyed was uh, we were able to have, you know, like we had a nice little sound bar, sound system thing going on. It was nice and loud. Um, but uh, you had said before I got to see it, you uh, said that like you believed it's probably going to turn into a cult classic. Do you still stand by that? Yeah, I mean, like, I kinda, in terms I feel of. the same way. It, it, I don't know if it'll get seen by a lot of people. I fucking hope it does. I hope it does. I hope it just blows away the fuck up. <laughs> but, like, um, I feel like everybody that sees it will be an instant believer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple people that I know that uh, that are, like, old-school horror junkies and everything like that. Uh, Madison, for instance, one of our friends we watched it with uh, last night, she really enjoys the the older, you know, horror films and everything like that. And she was like... That's, you know, like one of the best horror films I've ever seen. It's like that was the best horror film I've seen in a long fucking time. Definitely best uh, of newer, you know. It was like, I don't know, it's, there's a weird thing where like you just see a movie and then like you just like don't know how to like feel about it. Yeah, you, you just know you love it. Like with this couple, you came like, oh yeah, this is the best I've ever seen. Yeah, like I, I don't know if I can say that, but I, I feel like, like five years down the line, I'd be like. Mandy is probably up there as I'll far probably as be like upset that films aren't topping Mandy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like I need to I'll like see other film. horror movies, but then I'll be like, mm, I kinda just wanna watch Mandy again. Yeah. Like it's just so so fucking great. Um the uh title cards that they they had used that uh that are almost like dark crystal esque. Like paperback book. Yeah. Like, it, it all draws back to the book that Mandy was uh reading from like by, by Hermeto's pen or something. Yeah, uh, or like something Thorn or something. I can't yeah. remember. I, I don't even know. It might have been a real author. I don't know. Right, yeah. It, it I'm not familiar like, with like dark fantasy uh, literature from like the 70s and 80s. Right, yeah. I mean like it's it's literally like what if Tolkien was metal though? <laughs> yeah. And she's like going around wearing Motley Crue and Black Sabbath shirts and shit. Truly the cool like rocker goth GF. Oh yeah. It's... There's so much good about it, and like um, the the fighting, like the choreography. There is there's some there's quite a bit of fighting in it. You know, it's a, it's a vengeance tale. I wouldn't say it's like, I mean, it's certainly not like uh, crouching tiger fighting, but like, no, we're not looking at a John Woo film at but all. But it's just this like unadulterated, unhinged, uncaged like, Nick Cage, like rabid fights to the death. Yes, <laughs> like that's how I would describe them. And just some of, like, the... the no, it's, it's the best acting that Nick Cage has, uh, has given us. Because, uh... It's... You... Cosmatos knew the man <laughs> that needed to be in this film. And, and they literally just, like... Like, all right, Nick, this is you. We're going to have cover you in blood, and you're just going to be they, you. Nick Cage is utilized in the proper way. Just you let him... You tell him, like, all right, here's the scene... Mm-hmm. And then you just you give him a gentle shove <laughs> onto the in front of the camera, and see that's just and you let the man work. Yeah, like uh, I mean, he's done every single genre of film. He's been making. He's been in movies for decades, um, and uh, I know that like most people, and probably some of the people that are listening to this episode are like. And he's also been being laughed at for you know for a long fucking time. It's like, but why do we laugh at him? Oh, because he's like he's way over the top. Yeah, 
He's way over the top. And so you, you call it overacting, but I don't know if I... What does that mean? You know what I mean? Uh, I believe that when we were talking <laughs> about uh, Vampire's Kiss, not at all on our on our show yet, but we were talking about uh, Vampire's Kiss and talking about how he has that book, like his method of acting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Cage, he talked about in um, interviews I was reading about, like, years ago now. I think he was kind of promoting Spirit of Vengeance at the time. Oh. Um, he was talking about yeah. his acting method, which at the time he called Nouveau Shamanic. Oh, yeah. Like, shaman. Yeah. He said he was thinking about writing a book about it, and I hope he makes good on that, because I want to I wanna, I wanna see Nick Cage lay his thoughts out of his acting method onto paper. And I kind of I hope, that there's, I, I hope that there's an audio book, because I want him to explain <laughs> I want Nick Cage to read the book on his act. I want an audio book of Nick Cage reading his own book on his acting method. But I also need him to go off on tandems like, So nouveau shamanic... <laughs> You just gotta, you just gotta get your head in the right space, kid. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's a mindset. You see, like, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's Nick Cage at his absolute fucking best. Yeah, absolute fucking best. I was literally like, I wouldn't call it overacting. I would call no. it enough acting. Oh yeah, <laughs> like right acting. I mean, like I was like literally like yelling heard- and like just screaming triumphantly when I was watching this movie because if you if you like fucking gore, if you like horror, if you like if Nick you, Cage. If you like fucking Nick Cage. Dude, oh man. Oh man. No, this is going to be a movie uh, that that I'm going to purchase and own outright. I already have the Blu-ray pre-order. I had it pre-order before I even like got it on demand. Right? Cuz I was like I know I'm going to love it. Mhm. Somehow. <laughs> like right. so for me, just from watching the trailers. Oh which, yeah, I guess I might. Well, I'll just say it from you see you witness the beginnings of a chainsaw duel, mm-hmm. um, a bloody and beaten Nick Cage screaming. Yep. Uh, probably more too, but like the whole like pure evil man. Yeah, crazy evil. <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn, that's so good. Yeah, no, we're we're probably going to be watching this often and um i can't recommend it more to anybody i fucking love this film dude and uh for me like with nick cage one of the reasons why i'd always been apprehensive about him in a film like i watch i watch him and i watch his movies for novelty yeah you know like i i i enjoy a nick cage performance (laughs) You know, I'm like not for better or worse, yeah. Yeah, like I'm not saying that. Um, there's like any movie he's there's like there's a movie called uh, Deadfall that he was mm-hmm. in in the '90s, where uh, once his character gets killed off at about like sixty mm-hmm. percent into the movie, yeah, the rest of the movie just is not worth watching, right? Because his character's out of it. Uh, was that film that he was uh, starring alongside Elijah Wood? Was that Heist? No, that was um. The Trust. The Trust. The Trust We watched was, that, didn't we? Yeah, we watched that. That's movie. a good movie. That's a great movie. It's so a great what, movie. Kind of what I'm getting also, at. Also, Elijah like, Wood uh, produced this film. Did he, he really? Was, he was credited as producer. Because uh-huh. Elijah Wood's real recognized real. <laughs> like, right. I mean, like, I, I have a feeling that uh, Nick Cage is actually somewhat of a joy to work with. So, yeah, Elijah Wood, he, he probably has, like... All this Lord of the Rings money, yeah, that oh, he could just God, kick yeah. back on and like do like I don't give a fuck projects anymore. Yeah, but this dude just still like 
actually likes what he does and he wants that to do Hobbit dollars. Yeah, he's he just wants to do movies that are like cool. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, that kind of push the envelope, sort of. And um, I kind of have a feeling that like when you work with Nicolas Cage on a film, I feel like he's probably pretty fucking fun to hang out with. I sure hope so. Like in this in this wave of like the Me Too movement, like I'm just like I hope Nick Cage isn't a huge piece of shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like somebody would wild and manic. Yeah. Above all other things. Uh, uh, I did. I did. Uh, there was a story while like I think he was hanging out with um, the singer of uh, like Poison or something. <laughs> um. Of course he was. Oh, like some. He 80s, fucking would. Like kind of nineties like rock hair metal band. Mm-hmm. Um. Because there was like a fan who like saw them. And was like, hey, you know, trying to get with, like, you know, like, talk to him. Mm-hmm. And apparently, as far as I know, like, Nick Cage is always, like, pretty chill about that. Yeah. Like, if people come out to him, he's like, oh, yeah, hey, how, how you doing? Like, right, yeah. Um, like, I can see him as being, like, a dude that would, like, reach out to shake your hand and, you um, know. But, like. He seems chill. This dude, this rocker, like, was freaking out and, like, yelling at him. This, like, I think it was, like, lady, too. And, like, Nick Cage had to be like, hey, hey calm down. <laughs> when Nick Cage has to tell you to calm down. You know you fucked up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh, kind of what I was getting at with uh, talking about, you know, the trust and um, liking Nick Cage in a role and in Nick, a movie that's Nick not Cage like, in the trust is like, yeah, it's not like Crazy Cage. No, it's I mean not. like there's a part when like he freaks out on like uh, Elijah Wood's character, but it's like justified. Yeah, it's understandable. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I guess it's like this spoiler scene, like. Uh, Elijah Wood has second thoughts about robbing a vault, but like Nick Cage is like, no, this is like, this what is what we doing. do. This is what we are doing. We can't back down out of this now. Like mm-hmm. we, we are made. All we have to do is just steal this shit. Yeah. And like, Elijah Wood's the only one that can open the vault. He's the only one that knows the like the last digit for the safe combination. And he's just screaming at him. He's like, open it, open it, open it. Oh, <laughs> it's just yeah, like yeah, so. Yeah. It's just so good. But yeah, so like Nick Cage is quite capable of not being quote unquote Nick Cage in a fucking film. Uh, I guess what I was getting at is that, you know, he can do performances that are really great that are aside from, say, my enjoyment of a Nick Cage performance Mm -hmm. for novelty. Uh, Mandy, to me, more than made up for the Ghost Rider movies. Yeah. I was, um, I was so fucking sad. Ghost Rider was like my favorite character growing up. Uh, I think those we, movies sucked. I think so I think we're bad. still owed a Nick Cage Superman film. Oh man! As long as he has the mullet, like the Con Air mullet. Oh yeah. You know? Did you see those like? The, yeah, know, yeah. I've seen them. Yeah. Oh, like, I've seen those like screen tests. It has to do with Nick Cage. I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like it's become more of like a Nick Cage appreciation, but like I just don't want to give out too much about this movie. Maybe we'll do like a separate episode where we'll like really break it down. Right, yeah. But, like, like since the movie's so new... Um, uh, yeah, I would hate for you to come here and, like... Like, normally with our films, it's it's stuff that's been out for a long time. 15, 20, 30 years. <laughs> yeah. You know? Or, like, Even nobody would years. give a shit about it anyways. Right, Unless exactly. we talked about it. Because that's how important we are. But what I'm saying is that... Um, you need to go see yeah, this Yeah, you should see it. Maybe we'll follow this episode up at a later date. But for now, we want to, like, kind of let the film like, grow, like, gestate a bit, let other people mm-hmm. get a chance to see it before we really just kind of barf out all the scenes 
mm-hmm. that occurred. Absolutely, and there's like there's like little hidden nuggets in there that are that are just so fucking great. Uh, such as about an hour into the film when he comes home, and it's after like the most gut wrenching scene in the film. The yeah. part like this, you where you witness Nick Cage being broken. Yep. Um, and it's and it's so like not afraid. Fucked. It's not afraid to just kind of like throw out some weird, straight up like comedic. Yeah. And it comes after this. Horrid, horrible, horrible scene in the film. And he just, like, sits there and stares at it. Like, you're seeing him uh, being completely traumatized. Like you said, he's broken. You're going to do things uh, in shock that they, don't make any fucking yeah. sense. So he's, you know, watching TV for a while, and then, you know, he goes to bed and has a weird fucking dream. Yeah. Um, but, uh... And then he there, gets dude, up and then goes into the bathroom. And how many movies, uh, especially horror films, have you seen that are even fucking two hours long, but uh, that give you half of the movie mm-hmm. and an hour at that that's just like straight characterization fucking, pretty much yeah. yeah and then the other half is like the cream filled center of like <laughs> everyone getting fucked and all the fucking grits and blood that you could ever fucking want so if you're like a if you're a straight up gore fiend or a little fucking slaughter goblin as I like to call him you're gonna fucking love Mandy you will love it. If you love uh, 80s horror films, you're going to love this fucking movie. If you like psychedelic trips... <laughs> you're going to fucking love this movie, yeah. It all you, it all comes together, and it's it's really good. If you enjoy getting blitzed on a bong, or taking little <laughs> drippy drip drops of that LSD, taking them tippy tabs of acid, uh, chawing on the shams, uh-huh. you're going to enjoy this fucking movie. You'll find a lot to like here. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, if you just dig, like, creepy cult shit. Yeah. Which I also enjoy that. It's got everything you fucking need and more. Um, Every scene action-packed after that first hour. Mm -hmm. Dude, so great. So, like, when... uh, Because, like, I like the berserker parts of uh, (laughs) old-school horror. Yeah. You know, where, like, Jason comes out and he just starts fucking just murdering people. And, like, all those deaths are super delicious. It's like, finally find that delicious apple, the top, tippity top of the tree, and you're just like... Mm-hmm. So, like, now it's like Nick Cage is the Jason now? Yeah. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, I mean... He's the, most, he's the most dangerous thing. Yeah, that's another thing, too, is so it takes, like, the old-school horror formula, flips it on its fucking head, and it's like, what if, uh, what if the protagonist was actually the most dangerous <laughs> like, thing in the movie? Who you, like, aren't really expecting it to at first, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's spoiling too much. I feel like we should end it there. I think so, too, before, uh, before Be ruining straight what, up, you like. have to, <laughs> what you have to look forward to. So, yeah, we are keeping this episode pretty short, but you know why by now we've explained ourselves, and we really hope that you go and find it. Like I said, like, dude, you can go and rent it on YouTube, watch it on your fucking phone. Uh, please don't, but, yeah, I mean, like, you could. <laughs> there's there's no way that you uh, that you could be anywhere that you can't watch there's, this film. There's much dumber things you could be spending your money on. Yeah. Yeah, I think it costs us a whopping $6 to rent it on Amazon Prime. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean... It'd be the best six goddamn dollars you ever fucking spent watching oh, a yeah. film. I'll tell you that for free. Yeah, I mean, like, I recently started smoking cigarettes again, so there's a fucking pretty bad way to waste your money. Um, so yeah, for less than a pack of cigarettes, you can watch Mandy and have your mind goddamn fucking blown. Yeah, like, you'll see it, 
and like it, you won't be able to get it out of your head. I was at work yeah. the next day after I saw it, and I was just mm-hmm. like, I just couldn't stop thinking about the whole, whole like yeah. the whole work day. I dreamed of Nicolas Cage's blood-soaked <laughs> face <laughs> screaming and laughing. And, yeah, uh, it, it was the best dream I've had in months. Yeah, I think that's, that's a lie, but yeah, I think that's a good, good, uh, good closing, closing uh, comments. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, thank you guys so much again. Uh, thanks for taking the time to listen to us. Uh, you know, obviously this is not our uh, usual synopsis style episode for a horror film. But um, again, we really just want you to check this shit out. And, yeah. uh, thanks again for checking this out. I'll see you next week with something tasty. Bye now. Bye-bye.